Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenreiter. Welcome to the awe-inspiring final word. This is the show that invites you into the conversation, so get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. Let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. Please welcome the former GM of the Buffalo Bills. It's Doug Whaley. Hi, Doug. Albie, how you doing? I'm, I'm really excited because I'm a competition junkie, and we got NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs. What better way to end your nights? All right, from our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, Dale Lawley. Albie, where would you rather be than right here, right now? <laughs> Nowhere. And Steelers reporter Chris Carter's back. Hi, Chris. Always good to be on with the, fe- the panel, fellas. All right, some of the topics we're talking about tonight, we're looking for five words on who's poised to be a Steelers breakout star this season. With contract issues in Baltimore, the Deshaun Watson civil cases, and the possibility of a Super Bowl hangover in Cincinnati. How much of a chance do you give the Steelers in this way too early moment? Your optimism about the Pirates. What or who gives that to you? Mike Sullivan finished eighth in the Jack Adams voting. Does the Penguins head coach not get enough respect? Plus, of course, your final word on sports. But first, the night's big topic. What's the best course of action for the Steelers in the aftermath of Stefan Tuitt's Retirement, Doug, start us off. Stay the course. I mean, obviously, they have to get better from the 32nd ranked run defense from last year. Now, don't discount what Alu Alu will bring back when he, when he steps on the field and helps strengthen that run defense. But warmly and louder milk, it's their time to take the bull by the horn and take a step up and claim a spot on this defensive line and be productive. They drafted Leal in the third round. Now, it's historically young guys in the defensive line it's hard for them to make major contributions in this defense so i see him as a spot player but then it comes down to sheldon white the new director of college i mean a pro scouting and his staff they have to manage the waiver wire see if anybody shakes free or do their due diligence of any street free agent out there today dale well one street free agent i would keep an eye on would be eddie goldman if i'm going to go sign a guy to help out on this defense. It's not going to be a defensive end. It's going to be a nose tackle. And Goldman, to me, is a 28-year-old guy. I don't know, you know wh- whether he's healthy or not. We don't know at this point, but they will. And I'm sure they're, they're, they're checking those things out. I wouldn't mind signing a nose tackle type. He's 28. Uh, you know, a guy that can, that can fill that hole for you because, as, as Doug mentioned, you know, in the last two years, they've drafted Liao and Loudermilk. Those guys are both ends. Uh, so you could get a little bit younger at the, at the nose tackle position and, and have a little more flexibility. At the same time, I'm with Doug. I think they stay the course here, at least for now, and see what they've got. 
On to Chris. The bottom line is that the Pittsburgh Steelers looked at this situation and said, hey, you got you got a lot of people that you can call up to see how they're going to do. If we looked at how they handled the linebacker situation last year with Robert Spillane, they waited until they gave Robert Spillane a legitimate chance. Hey, come to training camp, fight for your spot, and if you and if you win it, great. He didn't. He didn't. They went and traded for Joe Schobert. I see a similar situation happening this year. If they go into training camp with the same crew, I don't, I don't see them adding anyone right away, but if they go in with the same crew, Chris Wormley, DeMarvin Leal, and all the guys that are there and no one seems like they're stepping up they will explore their options then and it might be a, a, a signing of a free agent it might be a trade they have over 21 million dollars in cap space now I don't see them being afraid to use it especially if there's a player out there that maybe gets released like Joe Hayden did in 2017 or a player that's on the last deal of their contract and maybe wanting to the team might want to move on from them they'll keep all that on the table all right, a reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on who is poised to be a Steelers breakout star this season. To Twitter, Claypool breaks Steelers touchdown record. That's five. Brian on Facebook, I would go with Pickens. And finally, another one from Twitter, Pat Fryermuth could become elite. Now, Doug, Dale, and Chris, five words. Who's poised to be a breakout star this season? Doug, you're first. Miles Jack is that cat. You got to look at a guy coming from Jacksonville, a miserable franchise to a storied franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers. The culture is set there. The defense is in line with what he can do. And what he can do is go sideline to sideline against the run. He's got the size, the athletic ability to play man versus tight ends or running backs and he's an explosive hitter. This is the type of guy that can flourish in a system like this, and I think by the end of the year, we're all going to say, Miles Jack is that cat. All right, Dale, five words. I am a Mitch Trubisky believer. Uh, you know, if, 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 if you turn on his highlight film uh, from the Chicago Bears, his days there, you look at the receivers he was throwing to, None of them would crack the top five with the Steelers. Maybe, I guess, Allen Robinson would. But he didn't play a lot with Allen Robinson. So, you know, I look at it. It was Denzel Mims and guys of that nature. They wouldn't be in the Steelers' top four or five right now. So he's got better receivers. He's got a better running game. He's got a better franchise to deal with here than what they've had in Chicago. I think he's going to surprise some people this year. I think, you know, it, it's going to be a good situation where the Steelers have a quarterback that they like in Trubisky who plays well this year and they still have Kenny Pickett waiting in the back burner. Chris, five words. James Daniels sets the tone. I know when we think stars, we're thinking wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs. And I'm with I'm with, uh, with those two names right there. I think both of them are set up to have good season coming out of free agency. But James Daniels is being talked about like he's already the leader of this offensive line and is setting a good tone in OTAs with how he's trying to help guys be more versatile and understand their roles in the offensive line. If the Steelers' offensive line protects better for Mitch Trubisky, who I do think will win the starting job, and helps get Najee Harris more holes to run through and help his his, his year break out into a big sophomore year. I could see James Daniels getting, getting recognized more and more for being the leader who helped change that tone for the offensive line. All right. When we come back with contract issues in Baltimore, the Deshaun Watson civil cases and the possibility of a Super Bowl hangover in Cincy, how much of a chance do you give the Steelers in this way too early moment? From Facebook, it's June. Settle down. The final word is back after this. Final word. 
Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Doug Whaley, Dale Lally, and Chris Carter. Let's continue with the topic. Chris, with contract issues in Baltimore, Deshaun Watson and those civil cases, and the possibility of a Super Bowl hangover in Cincinnati, how much of a chance do you give the Steelers in this early moment that we're in right now? I mean, it is June. We're looking at OTAs. We're about to start minicamp. But... I look at this situation, I've been saying all along, I think the Steelers are ready to compete again this year. They're, they're going to be bringing back a defense that's going to be more prepared to handle the Stephon Tewitt situation than they were last year. They're going to they're have Miles Jack to help better than Joe Schobert was able to help next to Devin Bush. I think they'll have a revitalized Devin Bush to be even better next this year. And I think they're going to have a, a younger offensive line, a quarterback that can move around and that's going to open things up. All those things add up to being, a, I think, a more competitive team than they were in 2021. And when you look at the Cincinnati Bengals, they were only a half game better than the Steelers last year, and they had a lot of things going for them. Now everyone's going to be gunning for them. I don't see them rising up, and I think the, the Browns are in for a hurt piece this season as well. All right, back to Twitter. The Steelers' goal used to be winning the Super Bowl, but now they settle for non-losing seasons. Doug, you're next. I, right now, I have them third in the division. I mean, Cincinnati, you may say Super Bowl hangover, but I'll say this. They'll be in the playoffs, and they're one Achilles heel. They addressed it, bringing in Calla, Collins, Kappa and Karras. Add that with that triumvirate of wide receivers and Joe Mixon, they're going to be able to put up points. Second, I have Baltimore, and I'll give you two reasons. The first, Lamar Jackson contract year. That's it. Number two, they will not be ravished with the injuries like they did last year where they're playing their fifth string court running back to start the season. Then I have the Steelers, and then lastly, it's the Browns. With all that craziness going on with the Watson scenario, it is hard for me to believe that it's not going to be such a major distraction that it's just going to be hard for them to overcome and be able to string together few wins in a row. All right, Dale. Look, I think the Steelers will be competitive this year, uh, more competitive than last year. I, I don't know about that, but I do know that they'll, you know, they, they don't just settle for winning seasons. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, the people who, who, you know, push that narrative. You know, I get it. You're, just, you're talking about Mike Tomlin's record and all that stuff. Well, he's never had a losing season. That doesn't mean the Steelers are pushing that. Uh, I still think, to me, the Ravens are the team to beat in the division this year. I'm with Doug. I don't think they'll be ravaged by injuries like they were last year. And, and I trust that franchise much the same way that I trust the Steelers franchise to get it right. The Bengals, I, I, you know, I, I like what they've done this offseason, but I think you know, when you do have that target on your back, as Chris alluded to, it gets a little bit tougher for them, and their schedule's a little bit more difficult this year. So I think the Steelers can compete. I don't know if they can win it. All right, let's uh, transition to baseball. It's only June 5th. Pirates have 110 games remaining, but be that as it may, they're hot right now. Winners in six of their last eight. As you know, they swept the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium, took two or three from the uh, Diamondbacks. So, Dale, what or who gives you optimism, if any, about the Pirates right now? Well, I think it's a bunch of who's, Albie, when you look at this roster, because it's a bunch of who the heck are these guys? <laughs> and yet they're finding ways to win baseball games. And that, that, that to me shows that these guys kind of get it. They're working together as a team. And it's young guys who are trying to prove themselves. And I think that's so much better than bringing in, you know, like we used to see back in the 80s where the, the Pirates would go out and sign a bunch of these, you know, has-beens like George Hendricks and guys like that. And, and they, they were just, you know, Jack, uh, Steve Kemp. Um, they just weren't guys who were, they were names, but they weren't players anymore. These guys are young and hungry, and I think that goes a long way towards building a winner. All right. John on Facebook says they are better than I thought they would be at this point hovering around 500 for a young club. On to Chris. 
I, I'm with Dale. I, I thought this team was going to fall apart by, you know, by this time of the season. Like early on, like, I'm like okay, but we're, we're in June and they're what, four and a half games out of a wild card race? Like that, that's, that's significant for a team that doesn't have a lot going for it right now and still is bringing guys up from the minors. I like the way that they've looked so far. They fought, like Dale said, they're young. They're not signing guys like, like Dale, my, my generation is Derek Lee. Like when they signed him, it was like, oh, great. He was, he was awesome in the Triple Crown hunt for a few, a few years ago. But this is a group that seems to be young, talented, and pushing forward, and they still don't have their best players coming up. This reminds me of the early 2010s Pirates that were starting to put the young piece, young players in place to make a run four or five years in the future. Doug? I like it because what they were saying, not only are they winning, but they're winning close games. Love the sweep of the Dodgers, but the 2-1 against Diamondbacks yesterday, 3-0 against Diamondbacks today, these are the type of games that I really like to see, and here's a, a definite situation. Cal Mitchell hits his first home run. Great. Now, the, the point of it, though, is when Swinsky stole third base, put himself in position to be able to score on a sacrifice fly to get that insurance run, those are the little things that you like to see from a young team. Now, the next step in this process is getting those young players to do it on a consistent basis. And that's hard to do in a long 162-game season in baseball. But I think you see it coming, and I'm very optimistic on the future of the Pirates. All right, and as the Stanley Cup playoffs continue, the voting is in for coach of the year in the event that the top seven are unable to perform their duties Mike Sullivan will be able to step in uh, <laughs> Doug Mike Sullivan finished eighth in the Jack Adams voting does Sullivan not get enough respect I would say no I mean if you're eight because if you look at what they how they started the season the injuries that plagued that roster and how he had them competing at a high level I think that shows you how good of a coach he is. It's a great system that his team buys into. That culture is just permeating through that whole building. Now, but when you look at it nationally, people probably look at it and say he has Sid, he has Gino, and he has Latang, and he's had four straight first round outs in the playoffs. And I think that's where that respect gets lowered. All right, let's go back to Twitter. In Pittsburgh, you never get enough credit as a head coach for your respected team. Uh, Dale, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I agree with that, that statement uh, to a large degree. And I agree with what Doug said. You know, when you, you didn't win your division, you got bounced in the first round of the playoffs in, in each of the last four years, actually, now. Should you finish higher than eighth in Coach of the Year voting? I mean, I, you know, I think people get caught up too much in this. Usually it's a popularity contest. Who won that year? Bill Belichick doesn't win the NFL head, co or head coach of the year all that often. I don't know if he's ever won it, maybe once or twice. But, you know, he's, he's widely considered the best coach in the league, but he doesn't win that every year. It, it just depends on, you know, that particular year. Chris? Yeah, I'm with this. I don't think this the, this ranking's that big of a deal. I do think that there are times. I mean, I've seen some Penguins fans come out there on Twitter and say, "Ah, Mike Sullivan's not doing it." Are you kidding me? This guy brought you two cups. Like, oh, like, what are we really doing here? And yes, nationally, I get it. Doug has a great point. You look at all the big names in the roster, and typically, I think when people think about what did a great coach do, uh, did he string together a bunch of people that I have not heard of to make this team competitive? And that's not what the Penguins do. They have big name players. They've organized themselves to have those big name players. But Mike Sullivan keeps that team competitive. They play a good system I think that he deserves more credit but again these votes aren't what really matters I think what matters is the hardware all right thank you all when we come back we're going to go around the horn on any topic the final word is next this is the final word 
Welcome back. It's time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. Any topic. Chris, you're first. Kenny Pickett is going is to be a guy that everyone tries to push to play this year. But I think there's something that people had to remember is this guy worked his way up and it took him time to become the guy that everyone was calling Kenny Heisman by the time this, when they won the ACC championship in 2021. But I look at Kenny Pickett and I hear what Mike Sullivan, the quarterback coach, not the Penguins head coach, is talking about how he's doing in the locker room. When you're... When you're looking at Mike, when you're looking at how he's performing and how he's practicing, Mike Sullivan talks about how this guy is showing up. He's staying late for film studies. He's doing all the right things. That's who Kenny Pickett was in college. It's going to take him time to adjust to the NFL. Don't rush to him when Mitch Trubisky throws in interceptions or make his first mistake on the field, Steelers fans. You'll regret that. All right, Doug, final word. Is it time to change the NFL offseason? If I had to do it, I would say four years and under or first year with the team, you come in for the whole offseason. If you're a four-year veteran over, and it's not your first year, you come in for mandatory minicamp. And this will help with the development of the roster. All those young guys will be getting reps, which helps bolster your middle and back end of your roster to help with injury replacements. That's going to further not only each team, but the game as a whole. And when you look at it, players today, it's not like back in the day when they used to come into offseason to get in shape. <laughs> they have performance coaches. They have personal trainers that can tailor workouts specifically for them to get them peaking at the highest performance point when the season hits. So for me, it's better if the vets stay away. Dale, final word. Well, you know, Albie, there's a situation brewing in Cleveland, and I don't think it's going to have a happy ending. Uh, the Deshaun Watson situation is going to hamstring the Browns organization for quite some time. I think he's going to get suspended for at least this entire season. And the people who are saying that the Steelers are going to have the worst quarterback situation in the AFC North this year are going to be eating their words uh, because Cleveland will be starting Jacoby Brissett in 2022. All right, thank you guys. Even though the official halfway point of 2022 is 25 days away, we can point to the end of this week and get that same feeling. When minicamp ends on Thursday, it'll be full speed ahead, the baseball's all-star break, and the deep middle part of the Pirates season. Training camp at that point, well, it's inside two months now. At week's end, it'll only be about six, six and a half weeks away as the Steelers move into their final stretch of the offseason. Yes, that return to St. Vincent, it will be coming on fast. And 10-degree wind chills won't be far away. I'm not a pessimist. I'm just here to tell you to enjoy these beautiful summer days. That's the final word for tonight. I'm Albie Auctionwriter for Doug, Dale, and Chris. Thanks for staying up late. See you next time.